Hello, it's time to chat with me, Kamea, and me, Rose. On this show, we have courageous conversations that illuminate shared experiences related to food and gender. We are here to help folks digest their relationship to food. On today's episode, we had our very first guest. Yeah, it was really fun. We had on Emily of Mock Mix, and she is a hobby mixologist of mocktails. So much knowledge, so much creativity. It was so fun talking to her. Yeah, very inspiring. This was a pretty casual conversation. You, uh, Some of you know that our podcast is created from a kitchen table and we were surrounded by snacks and drinks and this was a captured casual conversation between friends but friends who really know what they're talking about and she definitely knows what she's talking about oh yes uh take some notes reference the show notes for resources and uh enjoy yeah in the spirit of no spirits where does that leave you I like it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Emily Larson Kubiak, and I live in Bellingham, Washington, and I've lived here since uh, 2005. And um, things about me are for my work for the last um, over a decade, I work in the energy efficiency and green building field and um, in local nonprofits. And I have two cute kids and a cute husband and just uh, been hunkering down the last few years. But you're also a mixologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By, for fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And what's your um, blog called? Yeah, my my Instagram is mockmix for mocktail mixology. So it's just at mock underscore mix. How long do you identify with the title of mixologist? Because I think one of the places that I get confused is like there's cocktails in the cocktail world and then the whole world of mixology. But then mocktails seem to kind of be an aside. But does the term mixologist still apply? Yeah, that's why I kind of put it in the name because, I, you know, like we were just talking about, it's more than just adding a squish of lemon to some sparkling mm-hmm. water. And um, like, I don't even have recipes. I sort of have concepts that I repeat over time. And the things I want to make for you today are actually like, well, I don't remember what I did last time. I remember it kind of had these flavors. So we're going to like just go with that palette. And maybe it won't even be the best one I ever made, but we're going to like play with it and see what we like. Um but I think that's what mixology is, is it's kind of, there's a little bit of experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some people really hate the term mocktail because it kind of sounds like a lesser than or funny version play on words on cocktail. But I feel like people know what you mean when you say it, so yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. Are there other terms that are used to refer to mocktails? Mm, oh, I've heard some clever ones over the years. I'm totally blanking on. I mean, a lot of times people say like zero proof, um, you know, or kind of lean into the mixology thing or um, mixed drinks, you know. But um, I don't, I don't like super like I'm reclaiming mocktail. But I feel like it's serviceable for telling people what I'm doing. Well, and also if you just don't drink alcohol, at least if it's called a mocktail you can assume it's safe mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that um that it's there's some amount of crafting and combining there's still an art form to it absolutely yeah. or like 
craft mocktails, at least is a little more evocative, like, I've put some effort into this, <laughs> so. What are you going to make today? Um, okay, so the two things I wanted to make for you to actually drink, um, one is, so when, back when I could drink alcohol, my favorite thing was bourbon, because I love smoky flavors, and I have to admit, after years of trying all the different plays on that, it's really hard to make, it's way easier to make a bright, flowery, citrusy, complex mixed drink than like a really like oaky, dark, smoky sort of mixed drink that makes sense without the like bite and the the kind of like evaporation feeling of drinking alcohol. Interesting. Because then you feel like you're drinking liquid smoke if it's Mm. not, if it's not subtle. Um, So this is my favorite thing I've come up with that's kind of on the like dark wood paneling mood, you know? Um, And I've got, I'm going to paste a little, I've got, um, some beet kvass from Iggy's on Bainbridge Island. That's kind of the base for it. And um, and kvass is not kombucha. No, but it, it is a fermented, but um, doesn't... So if someone has to... I have to be pretty strict about avoiding alcohol for health reasons, but if someone has to like never come in contact with it, it could potentially have some of the same issues as kombucha. Okay. And this does have a few drops of a tincture that I made, but you could just leave that out but I did make the tincture with um uh lapsing sochang tea and bourbon I think to make just this really smoky it just takes a few drops it adds this like super smoky flavor so you infused a bourbon with the tea the lapsing sochang tea I just put like a huge pile of tea and then just poured bourbon up to the top and then left it for like I just kind of forgot about it and then I filtered it and it's really but you use it like bitters you're not like drinking that it's a little dropper bottle at a time oh I'm excited and I got a Meyer lemon because that's like one of the best flavors to go with it and then before I'd added a little bit of um red um like red cherry juice concentrate to make it a little sweeter because it's tough to give something a lot of body without a lot of sugar. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't love just drinking a sugar bomb. So it's kind of this delicate dance. So I did a little red cherry concentrate. And then I was either going to drop a tiny bit of um, barrel-aged simple syrup from Portland Syrups, um, which is a company from Portland, as you can <laughs> guess, cool. um, founded by Chris Onstad, who created the Akewood webcomic, which is um, a very important part of my, like, personal media landscape, <laughs> um, which is weirdly how I found out about it. But they're really legitimately good um, mixed drink ingredients <laughs> and a little lower in sugar or maybe even straight up grenadine. But I think I want to try with the barrel-aged simple syrup. When you Do you name your drinks? I am positive I put a name on this on Instagram, but like I said, since I kind of, oh, I probably called it like something like heartbeat or some joke about beats, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, and I've got a good like uh, cherry on top for the garnish. Nice. Um, But yeah, since it's more of a concept than like a recipe, I always forget what I name stuff. Do you want want me to make it and then we yeah, can try it? it? And then I I'll tell you about the other one I got. And talk about it. Cool. I'm just gonna hustle and bustle around. So this one in particular you're making is for like kind of a whisper or like a nod to like you said like a bourbon kind of a style yeah. Drink. It doesn't remotely taste like bourbon, right. but I just love the like 
The depths. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's kind of dark and earthy and spooky. I brought Ooh, those. I love these. They're I use really these all good. the time. I, um, I don't think I put ah. it in this before, but it just like makes sense. This is the spiced cherry bitters I was telling you about. It's the last stuff. episode. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's really like, awesome. When I went to Phantom recently, I asked for my gin old fashioned. I always got, and I was like, "Can you do the ch- the spice cherry bitters?" And they were like, "We're out." Oh, gin old fashioned. Can I make this? Probably. Probably. Like I've thought about making it myself with when cherry season because it's freaking good. It's it like just the whole autumnal and wintry and springy. Like it can it's fit into so many. Yeah. So again, it's just a concept. So I'm just adding some amounts that seem to make sense to me right now let's see i'm gonna add some of this now which is the smoky tincture so into a pike glass would you say that's a little over a third full of yeah the mm-hmm. well, that looks about right and again i'm just just winging it i got the spoon so i can taste it without putting my germs stir it a little um i haven't added these spiced cherry bitters before but it obviously makes sense in this context so i'm gonna do some of those tart cherry juice because the concentrate it adds sweetness and kind of that like raisiny sort of flavor totally winging it with the amounts so that was just like a little splash yeah that was probably a tablespoon yeah and then um cherry this is the barrel aged simple syrup from portland syrups Oh, that the lid always gets stuck because of the sugar <laughs> crystals. These are great, though. They're actually a little lower sugar. They don't have any, like, pretend sugar substitutes. They just um, did kind of a good job using the minimum amount for maximum flavor. <laughs> it smell good. That's not the smokiness. This is the uh, lapsing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. That smells Isn't that awesome? so bad. Can you do a little drop on my arm? You just want to wear it like a perfume. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, look yeah, at the I would color. like totally rub that on myself. Wow. That is like scotch. Hello. It probably is pretty decent. I feel like I just smoked too. a cigarette. I know, right? <laughs> Hot damn. I had a good night and I finished it up with a cigarette. <laughs> oh, now you'll smell like it I for love sure. It. So, obviously, Meyer lemon is the yummiest type of lemon. Mm-hmm. I'm adding a little bit of the juice. I was just going to kind of smush the mm-hmm. rind in there. Oh, it smells good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little sour. <laughs> I just ate a large chunk of the lemon. <laughs> just trying to smush the juices in there. So will you end up shaking all of this with ice? Yeah. <laughs> this is how I cook, too. I just kind of, like, layer. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, that's... Is this one on your Instagram? Yeah. Probably a few times because I just like to make it for myself. Um, If you shake it up too much, does it get frothy? Ooh, see, I was a little worried. Like, I'm not, I would have grabbed a lid and actually shaken it, but the kvass is um, effervescent, mm. which could cause a... It looks so, like, thick and delicious. Yeah, the beet juice. And this place um, 
Iggy's who makes this stuff. Um, they sell all around the region, actually, but their headquarters is right by my parents' house. It's small world. folks they grew up with. Um, oh my god, that's somewhat. gorgeous. Isn't that the pretty? The color is like the most beautiful magenta. It's purple. Purple, um, Does anyone juice. want like a cherry on top? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just like eating it for like, because it's sweet. I have a sweet tooth, but I also really don't enjoy just drinking a cup okay. of sugar. So for like the Luxardo cherries and things like that, like was that would that upset your stomach kind of a thing? Like oh, like cherries you avoid? I do tend to avoid the ones that are um, soaked in alcohol. Yeah, I'm adding a little sense. bit of the yeah. cherry juice. I know my um my aunt-in-law. I don't know. Um, she makes all these wonderful like makes her own. Um, limoncello and mm. oh thank you and um we'll do like cherries and brandy for christmas gifts mm. and we had some in the cabinet for a long time and i was just like oh yeah i can't actually eat these it's a little too busy so these are just the the good um bing cherries that are just a, a step up from the maraschino cherries you okay know? cool I, not to knock maraschino cherries. Like, there's some sort of, like, childhood pleasure in having It's a all about the cherry. nostalgia. Yeah. But the, these are the adult version. Yes. <laughs> cool. Oh, I'm excited to try it. Cheers. Oh, it so smells beautiful. good. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, I definitely got it where I wanted it. Ooh. It could be smokier if Whoa. you're in the mood for that, but. The smoky really, like, lingers on the back of your palate there. I like that. This is kind of a bold choice to share because I'm like, well, I like this, but it's a little like intense. Um, I'm a big beet fan, so this is, yeah. Ooh, fun. This would be so good outside on the summer day. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of the one time I made a beet shrub with bay. Yeah. And that was wow. really good. So it was um, like a little savory with the herbs. And... Yeah, it had bay and thyme and pepper. And I did beets, and then it was all soaked in the apple cider vinegar, mm -hmm. a little bit of sugar, and then I used that. Mostly I just drank it with soda water, but some people did mix it with gin, too. Um, I like how delightful. it's a little bit fuzzy, like you were saying. It's just a little bit sparkly. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention, I did add some tinctures that have that I made with alcohol, and you could totally... Um, well, if you want to do the, the smoked tea, you could just literally brew some of the tea and add that mm -hmm. and you know it would be a little it would extract slightly different flavors in water than in alcohol but I would totally do the same thing and maybe you would make just like a really strong tea. yeah just mm -hmm. like there's almost like a spiciness yeah um, I think that, is that from the I think it's from the ginger okay so I got okay. the I've I also like, made it's it nice without warm. the ginger oh this is really yummy I'm really glad you like it. Do you want to taste this? It feels like royal. Like, I feel like I need to be, like, <laughs> drinking to well, the blood the of my enemies. To the blood like... of your enemies. Yeah, like, we won the war. <laughs> the purple and the... The mouthfeel makes me feel like it's going to be sweet, but it's not, and I like that. That's, like, the hardest thing to capture is... Um... Not just having things be like, oh, I drank it in five seconds because it was yeah. juice, you know, uh -huh. or it was fizzy water or. It's one of those things that kind of makes you stop and really contemplate what you're putting in your mouth. <laughs> it's so hard. To... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> no. I feel like if you make stuff that's not effervescent, 
it is really hard to make good non-alcoholic mm. drinks that don't just feel kind of weird and yeah that cocktail was so much fun the mocktail excuse me yeah it was really interesting to see how much intent she put into a non-alcoholic beverage i've never seen that before like so much little detail in each item I loved the heartbeat. I loved the color. I loved the richness, the fullness. Um, even just thinking about the way that she described um, almost different pillars of flavor going into it and yeah. thinking about drinks. I don't, like I definitely taste my drinks and I have my preferences, but I haven't really thought about the like the mouth feel in the same like it's like the texture of like eating something but in this case you're talking about like how much of your tongue it engages how it feels in the mouth how thick it is how thin it is is it bright is it dark is it smoky is it like there's all these different words but it they're words trying to explain a sensation and i had never before this conversation with emily thought about the sensory experience of alcohol specifically in its like evaporation like how whiskey would not have that same burn that like warmth that I crave in the wintertime of like mm -hmm. I just want um some whiskey on the rocks I've been out farming in the mud and I'm <laughs> fucking cold and I need to like warm from my bones out that that doesn't exist without that like heat of the alcohol and the evaporation one thing that really struck me about everything she did with all the cocktails mocktails all the mocktails yeah, what did. is wrong with you I don't know I'm such an alcoholic no, I'm just <laughs> kidding um just how much intention she put into it mm -hmm. because typically I find even though we talk about wanting to make that like important throughout all of our episodes, it's just slowing down, making intention with what you eat, what you drink. When you're making like, for example, dinner for one, that's like the least time I do my self-care, if that makes sense. Like that's when I'm reaching for the most convenient products. I don't know about you, but, or if I am wanting to have something that's not alcohol in the evening, it is just a squeeze of lemon and like soda water yeah. at the bare minimum. You know what I mean? It's mostly for her, right? And it's cool to see how much just development she's done with like the layering of the flavors and just so much intention with something that she's just drinking for fun. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. It's really cool to think about somebody doing it just for fun. And I've been so excited to have her on as our first guest, which is like, it's fun. A huge thank start, you to her. Huge thank uh, you. Expanding our podcasting community in that way. And I love that she just does it for fun. This is not somebody who's just like a big wig in the bar scene. This is just a person. Yeah. And I, and I mean that like with, with more respect, like she didn't come on to like sell you on her services. No. She just like, look, this is what I do as a hobby. And I hope, I hope that it inspires some creativity in our listeners. I know it has for me. Oh yeah. And created a lot of questions and reflection on myself about like okay well is there more creativity I could be lending to what I drink in life mm -hmm. instead of just like opening a bottle of wine well because sometimes when I am craving a drink at night whether it's wine or a cocktail or something just like on the rocks not only speaking for myself I'm usually craving like the flavor and the experience behind it in terms of flavor how it feels my mouth obviously like getting buzzed is a bonus but for me typically it's like it's just amusement for my mouth 
And so having <laughs> something that doesn't have the... Why are you laughing at that? I don't know. It just, it sounded really naughty to me. I... <laughs> That's fair. Um, but yeah, I just like, for me, getting more creative with things that don't have alcohol because alcohol isn't good for us to consume all the time. Like we both know that there's tons of sugar depending on the liquor you're using. It's just not something we should ideally should be drinking every day yet. We all do because it's, that's what we know. I don't really know uh, before this episode how to create something delicious with intention that didn't have alcohol. Well, and even to go through the ritual of making something and thinking about how would you expand your flavors that are available to you in your cupboards, like making that lapsing Sushong tincture. Which was so good. It was so good. And I would also say those spiced cherry bitters Mm -hmm. were like a sensory experience that were just amazing. But those little flavor elements kind of like increasing your your spice cabinet, it opens up some different opportunities for like, oh, I'm gonna zhuzh up this bubbly water or... It's encouraging um, experimentation and outside of alcohol, which always taking it into like a culinary perspective, I mentioned earlier off air, like it's almost like you're you're just taking this huge component out of something that you kind of have an idea of. It's like cooking vegan or vegetarian or gluten-free. You're taking out these giant components to something that you do every day, which creates a challenge. Which is not to say that it's impossible. It's just not that at if all. you've only been around one culture and one one category of flavor like if you spent your entire life cooking with meat and all of a sudden need to go vegan yeah for health reasons or ethical reasons or whatever it is or even just wanting to make more plant-based meals in your life it's hard to know how to make those complex and interesting without expanding your your flavorings your Mm -hmm. understanding of um yeah, I guess we yeah. go right back to mouthfeel, texture, yeah. flavors, what's and available to you to make it delicious. Just how important that is to the experience, which is wild to think about. Mm, cute. The other one I was going to make you, if you want it now, yeah, was a little while ago I saw a recipe for an alcoholic drink that was you make a pineapple shrub and then... It was pineapple shrub and beer, like IPA, like a really hoppy beer. What? Yeah. And I thought, oh, that combo sounds really good. If you don't like hops, that would sound gross, actually. But um, <laughs> I like hops. But instead, I'm doing the hoppy refresher hop water and the psalm, uh tangerine and sea salt cordial. And then have... But I just had it. Okay. Um cold pressed pineapple juice and so this one will take a little less finesse i'm gonna love this one i think this is gonna be my favorite i gave some to my daughter because i mean it's completely Mm non-alcoholic even though there's like flavors that are a little more complex i told you she's a picky eater but she said mom this is so good they should sell this at the dollar store so Uh, everyone can have uh, some (laughs) i was just like that's a really big compliment coming from you (laughs) i hope they do sell it at the dollar store Cute. If you you've both tried the hot water before, right? I have not. Really? Would you like mm-hmm. to just try some? I do. It's um surprisingly so satisfying. I forgot what I was doing. I poured too much in there, but she's <laughs> like, mm, bring it on. So this stuff's actually 
I was talking about that I, I like this. this in a perfume. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, just, I want to wear that on my body. Oh, just to yeah. track the men little, like, would be guy. all over me. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm looking, but... <laughs> no, it still doesn't hurt to try. All the bearded men uh, with flannels will be like, hey, yeah. girl, how are you? There's just something about you. <laughs> oh, that is yummy. Isn't it good? I could get down on that. I always... Um, the, it was hot refresher, not the bearded fight. man. Not the. <laughs> I mean, you know, I like a bearded man. I'll take a bearded man any day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome, Sam. Whoa, I forgot. Effervescence. So it's mostly hop water and then the cordial and the pineapple juice. Just give it a little zhuzh. Yeah, I'm gonna do a full. Oh, I'm so good at eyeballing stuff. That's like perfect. Oh, <laughs> love it. Okay, who wants some? So most of the sweetness is from the Psalm Cordial because it's pretty, um, pretty sugary. But oh my god, it smells so <laughs> good. It's so like floral. And... I love that. It makes it very adult flavored. Yeah, and it's mostly this. So it's actually like I think it's. I mean. It's pretty sweet from that, but it's a lot more hydrating and less like sugar syrupy than it kind of tastes. This is like a garden party kind yeah. of <laughs> mocktail. I love it. How long have you been mixing? Mm, well, I mean, I was really into doing like craft cocktails in my 20s, but. Then when I developed, like, alcohol intolerance, it took me a couple years to figure out that was what was going on because it was, like, thrown in with other health issues. And then when I was like, oh, I can't have alcohol, then there was sort of the, like, bargaining period. Like, well, can I have plain vodka? Can I, mm -hmm. like, what are the parameters? Can I still, mm -hmm. like, play in this arena? And then finally it turned out it's like, you can have a sip of someone else's drink or, wow. like, kombucha with trace alcohol. And mm -hmm. that's about all if you want to feel good good most of the time mm -hmm. and so then you know like it's just always an adjustment when you're told like no you can't have that thing you used to like so then um kind of like well I'm just gonna throw my creativity at making good drinks that don't have alcohol um and now that I'm a little like uh feel like I have that at my disposal I just don't go to it as much as like a hobby which is mm -hmm. why my Instagram slowed down a bit but um Everybody else is catching up, yeah. so there's lots of, like, cool things to try. I don't know when you kind of discovered that alcohol wasn't really your friend anymore. Yeah. But, because it is such a social thing. Like, oh we've talked recent episodes. Like, it is such a social it's like thing. It's, everything. It's such, like, a celebratory thing. So, to all of a sudden kind of, like you said, take yourself out of that arena, I feel like that would be kind of a process. Yeah. No, it, it was an adjustment just from kind of the underlying assumptions of what was going on. I, um, some the case for everyone but out of my very closest friends around the same time most of them stopped drinking for completely different reasons in each person's case so I did feel like I had a lot of social support Good. and not long after I had my first kid which just means you aren't going out you know I mean right. people do they pull that off but I just it it's a different world I was not point. going out to nightclubs yeah. at two in the morning which was you know a big place to drink yeah so I don't think I've really that's you're lucky to have a good support system yeah like people wouldn't be super like oh, oh we're just yeah. not gonna invite you anymore which is kind of bullshit yeah I mean that's the thing it 
at, at a certain point with consuming alcohol, I've definitely experienced the like, okay, we're just in different worlds right now and I'll catch you later. You can catch me later. We'll mutually catch each other later. We're just like not on the same wavelength, but like, Luckily, I've really not encountered, I know it's out there, but I've not encountered people being, like, unsupportive or cajoling or, you know. Yeah. Like, people, I think people get that probably someone has a good reason, even if it's just, I don't want to, you know, so. Well, and like you said, it is catching up. Like, it's more and more of a demand, so. Totally. That's cool. And just, yeah, I, I know there's a lot of talk about people, like, super curious where they don't maybe have, like, a medical or psychological or whatever reason but and they don't want to abstain completely but they're just like maybe i maybe i just like fancy drinks and half the time that's actually just what i'm craving Mm -hmm. so just people working out that part of their relationship to it people still want to be treated when they go out and you know pay for something that's glamorous in a certain way or even an end of day ritual which I think is a sensitivity coming out of COVID times where if you were working from home caretaking from home and the only way you have to mark the end of your day is like well I'm done working I have a glass of wine or I crack a beer or I make a cocktail the first year of the pandemic partially as a result of getting half of our groceries from a dairy supplier who um, was trying to like deliver groceries to stay afloat we just ate, like, ice cream at the end of every day, which is not, like, a good <laughs> lifelong habit, but it just became, like, okay, let's break out the ice cream. The kids finally fell asleep, you know? That's fun. <laughs> but I totally I get that. that. I know that it can be really complicated to decide what relationship you want to have with alcohol in that mm-hmm. sort of setting, where it's, like, you deserve a treat. And, like, how do I want to go about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, with alcohol or with food. Yeah, mm-hmm. just being really intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Jumping in, I want to give some clarifying information about the cordial that Emily mentioned because it was delicious. I actually took a picture of it and I want to try to find it. Um, it was called Som. S-O-M and this was actually a vinegar cordial it wasn't made with an alcohol so I I'm not clear on what the difference between a cordial and a shrub is personally except maybe um like health benefits because I know with shrubs which I have used as my non-alcoholic option at parties all the time and I drink them in the afternoon or even at the end of day in the summer like if they're very pick me up if they're very energizing it helps my gut feel really good like I love them as long as they're the real deal and by that I mean actually made with raw apple cider vinegar and it's not just a sugar syrup flavored with apple cider vinegar and there is a difference in like how my body feels when I drink these different shrubs um but the the cordial was Som, S-O-M was the name of the brand. And the one that she used in this recipe was the Tangerine Sea Salt. And this is a brand that comes out of Portland, Oregon. It was very tart and sweet, zero alcohol. You could mix it with just plain bubbly water or with the hop water that she um, did in this particular recipe. I think this was my favorite of the two mocktails that she made. I will definitely, I've already recommended it to like four different friends. I will be having it at my birthday party this next month because it's just so (laughs) freaking good. It is so good. Like such an interesting pairing and it's perfect for a hot day. 
I just I've I've literally been thinking about it since this episode or since we recorded this been crazy yeah well and it's it was so um satisfying not just like a soda or a bubbly water like it was really um complex in flavor it engaged my entire palate it was delicious and you know i also like that you can most likely like again thinking ahead on your birthday you can do totally an alcohol version and a non-alcoholic version and they're both gonna be freaking delicious yeah that's true if you wanted to like which you absolutely don't have to but it was good. I haven't told you yet. I'm actually thinking I'm going to have a fairy tea party for my birthday. Oh, that's so funny. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. That's, that'll be super fun. Like maybe there'll you be summer booze. child. Maybe not. I don't know. Ugh. And it would be very interesting because I haven't had a party that didn't center around alcohol in my adult life. Wow. I mean, like, have you? No, not at all. Like, yeah when so I do, it's, it's just very inspiring to me like what what does that look like feel like how do I make that special I don't know I'm just really curious what if what if you have to ask for the alcoholic drink versus yeah. the non-alcoholic well, drink yeah, like what are like, your options what does that like emotionally feel like too because it, it's interesting when she was talking about the transition point and how she was super lucky and has a really great community which is so awesome but as we both know alcohol is like a weird thing like if you say you're not drinking right now people are like what depending on your social group well and i'm of the age that half my friends are gonna start rumors that i am impregnated impregnated am i taking a break for like a psychological reason we just get like weirdly insecure of like what people's assumptions could be yeah well I, I mean, I think it's it's interesting to think about the different nuance and like even deciding what we want our relationship to alcohol to be because a lot of us aren't really given the opportunity to question that. No. And it's, um, yeah, it's hard to be mindful in all areas of our life when, you know, the world is a dumpster fire. Um, but I really appreciated both this recipe and the way that Emily really expanded my thinking and complicated my th- thinking around what's possible and what flavors are possible and how to create a sense of connection and joy like I legitimately had the same emotional boxes checked of meeting you and another girlfriend for a wine night and we didn't have any alcohol but I still had those like warm that warm fuzzy glow as if I did it's a, not a drink that you're going to be fully like just throwing back. Like you're going to sip it, enjoy it, and fully experience it. I also just have to say that I loved that Emily's daughter loved it so much and was like, this is so yummy, mom. This should be available at the dollar store. And to me, that was just like children understand equity. Like everyone should be able to have this. I, uh I love it so much. Yeah. It's so freaking cute. I really enjoyed, again, the pairing. And you had kind of mentioned just like the expansion of thought that it put you in. Because for me, again, taking it back to the culinary world, my mind is like, oh, my God, I want to make like a version of like pineapple upside down cake, but like have like hops like pressed into it, like where the pineapple is pressed in or like do like a hopped syrup or something and like I don't know my mind went really into like dessert world and like how can I do these two flavors together like (laughs) dessert world and also you were ready to spray that on and see what Pacific Northwest men would be like oh hey there's this what we live in a very intense (laughs) beer town like 
every man that you fucking encounter has a beard and a flannel and wants all the IPA in the world. And sometimes you get lucky and they want a hazy IPA. <laughs> Beer is overrated. Hops are delicious, though. Hops are delicious. I want to grow some. They're a beautiful plant. They're so gorgeous. And even hop tea has so much benefits to our bodies and is so nutrient, but that's a whole other conversation. Well, it's good for the nervous system. And it's relaxing in that way. So I do think like making some sort of hop tincture or hop tea or hop water. Which, But I think you could like, so I have a soda stream at home. I th- and I'm, again, inspired by the tinctures that Emily made. I was like, well, could I make essentially a hops bitter and then add that to just the bubbly water that I make? And yeah. it would like flavor it the same. Probably. And to be clear too, like when you make a tea or a tincture with hops, it's not alcoholic. That's like a whole different process. It's just the flavor that's added. Like in the sense of put this in cookies, it's going to like make me feel something. Are you talking about the hops or are you talking about the alcohol? I'm clarifying for listeners who maybe don't understand hops. If you make a tea with hops, you're not like, it's not alcoholic. Mm. You're not transferring a substance that's going to make you feel funny. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a great clarifying point. I appreciate that. And if you are um, sensitive to alcohol, like at all, like mm, Emily was mentioning, you yeah. could still do something with the hops or the lapsing souchong where you would infuse it like a tea, yeah. but maybe make a really strong concentrate with like a lot of the herb and less water. So it's just like really thick. Or you could even make a, a like a sugar syrup yeah. of hops yeah. or a sugar syrup of the the lapsing souchong. And then it would be like the smoky. Oh, I bet that would be really good. Be so good. Like a smoky syrup. And then you could use that to flavor your cocktail, but it would add sweetness or you could just add the tea. But anyway, it's it's just playing with those different flavors and creating creating something fun. Something fun and special. And I don't know, indulge with yourself and do that with like your cocktails, mocktails, all the things. I was going to ask, do you know how they make the non-alcoholic, like the distilled fancy, like here's your non-alcoholic gin? Or... I've totally read about it, but I think they literally make normal gin and then... I do not understand. Well, I bet I bet if I read about it, I'm smart enough to understand, but I do not know what the process is. But they dealcoholize it. Like, so it is. So when you read things about like seed lip, though, yeah, that's it's an actual. It was alcohol, and then they evaporate hmm. that out. Yeah, cool. and I have to admit, I get why seed lip's been so popular, but the um, the seed lip garden is the only one that to me where the flavor kind of holds up to mixing that's the only one i've got that's the one with the rabbit that has yeah um it has kind of that like grassy flavor Mm -hmm. i like it it's interesting but um this one this one's more spicy it's seed lip spice and it has a interesting flavor but it just does not hold up to mixing i feel like i like putting it in stuff and it's like this little hint but i would not personally enjoy like a ginger beer with that in it because it would just taste like ginger beer with like a hint of perfuminess. Yeah. Smells good. It does smell good though. <laughs> so what I what I'm hearing from you is that it doesn't stand up to like layering like a lot of the drinks that you're mixing. We were talking about the Wilderton, which is mm-hmm. like the same concept, but I feel like the flavors are a lot stronger. Oh, they're intense. Like yeah, extremely intense. And I was reading about like why they're so expensive, which I mean, part of it I just assumed was because of, um, you know, it being like a small craft company and mm-hmm. like people putting a lot of work into it and the market isn't all there, but um, that it actually takes 
a lot more botanicals because you aren't alcohol extracting it. Like, it's so expensive because it has that many more ingredients. Mm. And this company is making some, like, bitter cordial drinks that you can only buy in the UK so far. And I've just been, like, camped oh. out wanting them to come over here. <laughs> Seriously. That's a good segue. Let me show you all my bitter drinks, which is my favorite uh my favorite category. Uh, so many tiny potions. I know. These are all from Italy. Any other? I mean, there's lots of ways to have a bitter drink, but um, there's kind of a specific culture of bitter sodas in Italy, which they also have. That's where like all the good aperitifs come from, like Aperol spritz and Campari and stuff. Um, that one looks like Campari, and it's that mm-hmm. flavor. It tastes exactly. I'm happy to open any of these if you feel up where to it. Where did you get those? I had to order them from okay. specialty sites online. Yeah, this one I bought actually. This is Canoto. Um, these are actually both San Pellegrino brand, and San Pellegrino makes um, San Bitter, which is the most like kind of iconic one of the little red and the. Uh, this is this is a crystal clear San Bitter. It's San Bitter Dry, so it's a little less sweet, and it's, but it's the same flavor. And then the most iconic is the red one that tastes like Campari, but it's just another That's brand. So cool. And then the orange one's kind of more tastes like Aperol. And mm. then Canoto is a. Just like a citrus soda, but it to me it tastes like if you mixed orange soda and coke together. Ooh, um, it's pretty good. It's just a little more complex than like American sodas tend to be. That's cool. Want to do the red because the most iconic. Uh-huh. This it's really good with just a um, with ice and a slice of orange. If I had that gin extract that I was talking about. Um, you can make basically a fake Negroni with this, a splash of gin extract. I have not figured out what's a good substitution for vermouth, but I'll do stuff like mm-hmm. add the red cherry juice or something like that, um, and then an orange slice, and it's pretty good. Do you usually mix it with soda water? Um, you can, but it is already effervescent. It smells yummy. Do they still color it with those little red beetles? I hope not. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, weird question. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's nice. That's very good? drinkable. It's just a whole different culture. Yeah. Well, it makes sense, too, because I'm, like, thinking of, like, Italian food, and, like, the bitterness will really, yeah. like, help clear the palate. It's so yummy. But yeah. With the flavor like, being so compact, too, you don't really want, like, a normal 12, 16-ounce thing that, like, yeah. Americans do. So that's a lot on your palate. That's a lot in your body. That would be a little Yum. intense after a while. Steppy. I love it. So you have to order these online? Pretty much. I'm sure there's a few cool places you can grab them. Um, sometimes I call drinks pretend, which is like way more derogatory than saying mocktail. Like, it's a pretend <laughs> Negroni. It's like, no, it's a real Negroni without alcohol. But uh, I don't know. It just comes out that way. If you wanted to like recreate a margarita with that iconic tequila Ooh. flavor, how do you do that? I haven't tried it yet because um, I've never been a big tequila person, but um, Ritual makes – I have I have some of their pretend whiskey, but I didn't bring it because it is not good, not mixed with stuff. So okay. I was like, eh, I don't even know yeah, what I was going to make. But um, it's just kind of spicy. And, but I've heard that their pretend tequila is really good. Zero-proof tequila, I should say. <laughs> That's, I had no idea that they made that kind of thing. Yeah. At all. Hmm. That's cool. 
these kind of like spicy stuff for the kind of the burn. Um, so it's a little different than like you don't get all the fumes from alcohol, mm -hmm. which is a big part of the experience. But um, yeah, I'd be interested to try that. I I'll make like margaritas with kombucha. Just okay. it's not like super authentic, but. Listening to you, one of the things that I'm thinking about is how much of a sensory experience drinking is, yeah. just like as far as like the fumes, the burn, the mouthfeel, and um, or the coldness or the warmth. And I feel like so often we forget to like actually taste what we're drinking or eating mm -hmm. and just like actually yeah. tasting it. I just, I'm, I'm inspired and these yeah. have been really, really tasty. Well, um, to wrap us up, if you were to give somebody who is totally new to the world of pretend drinks or mocktails, <laughs> if you were to give them like three ideas or takeaways to get started, what would you tell the newbie? Um, as far as practical advice, I'd say figure out like um, what strong flavors you like, whether it's bitter or smoky or salty or um that's kind of a good hook for like where to play around um I think just definitely can take some cash outlay which isn't for everyone but just like going to an interesting grocery store and just trying stuff like not even these like specialty ingredients but just like picking up weird fruits you haven't tried mm. before like I saw these really pretty dragon fruit drinks I went and bought a dragon fruit turns out they don't taste like much there's pretty but you know <laughs> just like it still is a good sensory experience to like figure out what I like just say like play around with stuff and um probably some of it'll be gross I <laughs> I, I even have a lot of stuff on my um, Instagram where I'm like, this didn't taste as good as I hoped, but I'm recording it so I don't do it again, you know? <laughs> um, so I'm hearing give yourself permission to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And journal through your experience. Yeah. So you, you know what was good and what wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This was really cool. Thank play you with so your much. Drinks. It's really nice to see you guys. One thing I really want to make a point to talk about, because I was really excited about it and obviously this conversation we had with Emily was extensive and so only we had to cut it down to fit an episode but she talked about the gin extract and apparently you can just get this at like a local brewery store and just, well and she jumped back and forth from calling it an extract and an essence she called right, it right that's true and so she basically was kind of just like it's just kind of the flavor of what gin tastes like and that's what she uses to make mocktail versions of like gin and tonic which is one of i know you love and one of my favorites oh yeah so that was a really exciting kind of avenue for myself and then she also mentioned that at the brewery store you will often find the essence of rum whiskey but she was very much like those aren't as great as we think they are <laughs> so let's just wouldn't recommend those but she said that the gin extract was really good yeah it kind of makes you realize too that just because you're non-alcoholic doesn't mean you can't explore like your brewery store for example because there's a lot of options a lot of flavors a lot of essences i really appreciate the nudge towards just if you're curious about making your own mocktails or non-alcoholic drinks just thinking about what strong flavors you like because then you can reach for things like mm -hmm. i know i really enjoy gin so maybe i do want to play with this like gin extract or i really prefer fruit flavors so maybe it makes sense to lean more into the like cordial shrub arena to right. just start collecting a couple of those items because you know it is expensive to like do it all at once but like over time you can slowly 
add yeah add things and to it's become cupboard. more and more available to just the the general consumers yeah well it's we, cool. yeah it's just an interesting space to explore and and renegotiate our relationship to alcohol not just on an individual level but also just socially yeah and i mean you said it in one of the clips but the pandemic really has kind of shifted our relationship to alcohol and i think food as well it's just always good to check in with yourself and what are you actually craving you know yeah yeah huge shout out again to emily thank you so much for taking the time to educate us and our listeners and inspire um, that exploration of flavors and connection it was really fun to get to spend that time with you and learn more about this hobby which feels infinitely more accessible to me after that conversation and i hope that that's the case for people listening in if you want to check out emily's instagram you can find her at mock underscore mix on instagram in the show notes you'll find recreations of some of the concepts that she shared with links to the ingredients as well as some tips on where to find some of these ingredients that she mentioned she gave us a couple resources for purchasing um, some fun little sodas that can be added as flavor and so we'll provide those as a resource for your for your own mixology yeah. adventure and don't forget to have fun and experiment if you can't drink alcohol fuck it you can still have fun yeah yeah it's our answer to everything fuck it fuck it let's just do it (laughs) who gives a shit thank you for listening your time is a gift that we appreciate immensely did you know you can now rate time to chat on spotify follow us on instagram for first dibs on listener swag trust us you're gonna want some of this if you enjoyed this conversation, please follow, share, and rate this podcast. It makes a difference, and it helps us reach more folks that want to digest their relationship to food. Thanks for being here. Until next time. Speaking of spirits. <laughs> you can't hear it on the recording, right? It's just coming through our headphones. No, it's not even showing up on the recording as, like, audio. Because that's weird as I, like, I hear it actively. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it's just a, it's a casual ghost. Coming on to time to chat, you know. Just, I guess we have a new ho- co-host. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, God. Uh, okay. It's so distracting because I'm just like, I need to know what it is. I'm really glad that you can hear it too. <laughs> it's very spooky in here. That is so cool. Oh, my God. That was wild. Okay. Whew. What is the art of craft mocktails? <laughs> I promise we're not stoned. <laughs> What is life? What is this mixology? What is speak of? <laughs> <laughs>